Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, January 4th, 526 a.m. Central Time. Grain market's a little bit lower here this morning. Fairly quiet overnight trade. We've got some more rain on the radar in Brazil this morning. So rain fell, fell across northern Brazil again this morning. Daily rainfall should continue through the next week and beyond. The five-day forecast is wet for some of the driest areas of the country, and the 10-day forecast is wet almost everywhere throughout the country. Southern Brazil has been excessively wet through October and November. Dry conditions are an issue only in central and northern areas. The rains are slated to fall where they're most needed this week. Yeah, so you look at this uh, first map, which is the, f the next five days, and there's not a lot of rain in the south, but the south is the area that's been too wet, if anything. There are some areas in the middle there that could use the rains, but uh, these rains in, in Mato Grosso, places further east, uh, this is absolutely going to be helpful. And then your 10-day, again, it's about as wet as I've seen it, uh, these forecasts the last uh, four or five days. The soybean market does not like this. It's been under quite a bit of pressure. We gapped open lower to start the year on the uh, March futures contract. We will, I will say if, if there's something to hang your hat on, if you want to see higher prices, we were able to kind of hold this uh, lower end of this channel that's been in place. It's just an imaginary line on the chart. Maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't, but the uh, markets do not like this potential or probable weather shift that's going on in Brazil. And it is a shift because they had been really dry, much drier than normal through October, through November, through uh, most of December. And now it kind of seems like the tide is turning a little bit and the timing is going to be really good actually for uh, some areas. Some areas are going to see inevitable yield loss. There's no doubt about it. The crop's not going to be 161. It's probably going to be closer to 150. USDA and CONAB will both adjust their uh, estimates for Brazil soybean crops and, and everything else potentially uh, next week. Drought conditions have caused the Panama Canal to drop six feet below normal. Low water levels have forced uh, the Panama Canal Authority to cap the daily number of vessels passing through the canal at 24, well below, well below the pre-drought capacity of about 38. The authority is considering creating an artificial lake to pump water into the canal or cloud seeding to increase rainfall. Both options would take years to implement. The artificial lake would require congressional approval and cost about $2 billion. Thousands of farmers and ranchers are pushing back against this option because the lake would actually flood their lands. I thought this was a really good article in Bloomberg yesterday. The, the title of it, if you guys are listening, Saving the Panama Canal Will Take Years and Cost Billions If It's Even Possible. So I had kind of thought, I don't know everything about everything. I had thought this was just a drought issue, and it's not. This is like a deal where there's there's long-term issues with the way the canal functions. They're talking about recalibrating the system. The one option is to is to dam a river, create a lake. That They do that all over the world. There's a ton of that in the United States, um, stuff that they did. 50, 60 years ago. I don't know. Do you know anything about cloud seeding? I don't. Um, it, it has worked in dry areas. I do know that. But we're in a humid, hot environment like uh, down there in Panama. They're not certain if it will work. Um, sounds like fake science to me. It, exactly. It, seems, it sounds a little far-fetched. It doesn't sound like that's going to fix all of their problems. But in any case, this is like a multi-year deal that's going to cost a lot of money. And uh, as with any government, it'll cost more money and take more time 
then uh, they're probably projecting to really straighten this deal out. The big lineup of ships, if you look at any of these maps that, that the different uh, news outlets are throwing out every day, um, it's still very much restrictive. And this is not a good thing as, as it relates to our crowd here. This is not a good thing for uh, soybean shipments out of the Gulf to Asia in particular and uh, a lot of other things. So this this is a deal that may not be going away uh, anytime soon. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together with Brian yesterday? Brian was on yesterday and we did charts and Brian has been working with this uh, 2013 versus 2023 analog, uh, the corn market in particular, also soybeans. And it, uh, in hindsight, it, it, a lot of it lined up and it's actually still kind of lining up as we move into 2024. So now we're talking like the 2024 calendar year versus maybe the 2014 calendar year, but you're still talking 23 crops and the prices of those crops. There's some stuff in here that uh, I'm aware of the analog, but there was some stuff in here that I was absolutely not aware of and actually some really interesting stuff in terms of like when did the market bottom in, in 14 and what can we maybe expect uh, here this year? And then the video I'm going to blast out today, this is I don't know how to say it, guys. You have to watch this video. Uh, so former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Kip Tom, who's a farmer in Indiana, he did uh, a lot of ag stuff uh, with the U.N. He came on and talked about the European climate agenda that they're trying to push here in the United States uh, on farmers in the United States as it relates to uh, lending carbon, all that sort of stuff. This this uh, video was the direct result of a video we did Um I think like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it was early December, the one where you had Rabobank and yep. they were talking about higher interest rates if your carbon score. Um, Kip actually saw that and like sent me a message and was like, we got to talk about this. So uh, that one's going to go out at 10 a.m. today, guys. Uh, you got to watch it. That's all I can tell you. The premium deal, um, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning, get on the email list, 50 bucks a month, cancel it anytime. No other fee, no other obligation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, nobody tried to sell you anything else. Give that deal a shot this morning. According to the minutes from the Federal Reserve's December meeting, which were released yesterday, the benchmark lending rate is likely at or near its peak. Officials agreed that rates need to remain restrictive for a while, but cuts will begin this year. The Fed's outlook includes, includes three interest rate cuts this year, totaling 0.75%. Futures markets, however, are expecting the Fed to reduce interest the Fed to reduce interest rates six times this year. Strong economic growth and ongoing wage gains have the potential to hinder inflation's progress and the Fed's plan to cut rates. The word of the day yesterday in, in the Fed minutes that we saw repeated over and over was uncertainty. They're uncertain about the um the trajectory of inflation. They they think they've tamed inflation, but they're uncertain about it. They're uncertain about the trajectory of rates, although they generally believe that rates uh, will be cut this year. The CME Fed tool, even following the minutes, um, still implies like a 70% chance of a quarter point rate hike in March. The uh, dot plot won't change till the next meeting. But generally speaking, I mean, they're still looking for uh, lower rates here this year, next year, and beyond. But that's assuming that everything kind of falls in line when it comes to the inflation statistics and the economy. So they're uncertain. Uh, the stock market didn't like that talk yesterday. We've had a big correction there to start off the year. The, the markets did move on this uh, uncertainty. And, and of course, there's uncertainty. Nobody knows where inflation's going or where the economy's headed.
We saw, we saw oil prices increase by more than 3% on Wednesday as the U.S. and 11 allies called for the Houthis to halt their attacks in the Red Sea. WTI crude gained 3.3% to end the day at 72.50 per barrel. The rise in prices was also attributed to protests in Libya that shut down an oil field that produces 300,000 barrels per day. Also on Wednesday, OPEC announced it would continue to support the stability of the oil markets. Several OPEC members have promised to reduce production by 2.2 million barrels per day through the first quarter of this year. The reduction, however, is voluntary, leading some traders to actually be skeptical of the cut. All of this uh, news that appears to be really bullish, yet crude, I would argue, has been in bear market territory for the better part of three months, maybe four months, depending on how you want to look at it. So, I mean, crude, as we've said, crude is kind of the leader of the commodity complex. Generally speaking, commodities don't always move together. I don't really think they're moving together right now. But uh, e even with all this news uh, to start off the year, we're still in the low 70s where uh, it wasn't that long ago that we were in the you know upper 80s or even 90s. So it's still it's still not a market that acts real well. The national average price for a gallon of gasoline could drop below $3 in the next six weeks. Prices haven't dipped this low since May of 2021. The seasonal decline is due to weak demand following the holiday travel season. The yearly trend of lower gas prices usually comes to an end around mid to late February when refiners begin maintenance and tra transition to cleaner, uh, more expensive blends. Diesel prices have also declined, falling below $4 per gallon, the lowest since last summer. I've got some charts here. I think these are probably not totally up to date. Your uh, average retail diesel price, I think as of last week, was like 388 And that thing peaked at 581 June of uh, 2022. So you've come off a lot. And uh, retail gasoline, same thing, 309 national average. It's it's my neighborhood. It's like sub 250. We're always really cheap here in Tennessee, but it's uh, it's gotten substantially cheaper. We've had a lot of questions from uh, farmers about locking up fuel needs. And I mean, if, if it works for you from a budget standpoint, it's fine. I don't know that energies are going to take off anytime soon barring some big uh, geopolitical event. What did cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures were narrowly mixed yesterday. Feeder cattle futures were 57 cents lower to 65 cents higher. Live cattle futures were 25 cents lower to 32 cents higher, not a lot of movement. It's been a tough week for boxed beef. So far this week, Choice has lost a whopping $11.68 to close yesterday at 278.03. Select has dropped a buck 48 so far this week, ending yesterday at 258.85. Outside markets this morning, guys, US dollars just a little bit lower. Stocks uh, marginally higher. Bonds are off. Crude oil is up 73 cents in the February WTI at 73.43. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Friday.